It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Portugal's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Portugal's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, this preamble is going to be the same for every media cast we do for the player series. So those familiar with it can jump ahead to around three and a half or four minutes to when we begin talking about the team. Uh, the times for each section are uh, at the top of the show notes. And for YouTube watchers, there's a handy dandy little bar on the bottom of the screen that can take you to different points in the podcast. And uh, you can also click on the numbers in the timestamp and go directly to that point. Uh, for those looking for a quick version of this, you can skip to near the end of the media cast, the last 10 minutes or so, where we summarize the likely starters. And just prior to that, with about 25 or 30 minutes remaining, we'll have some discussion on the squad. That's the main issues with the squad, their club affiliation, uh, some statistics, and an overview of new injured and outgoing players. We'll also be uh, editing this media cast into a shorter version um, for those who are just looking for an overview. For those looking for a deeper dive, you've come to the right place. We go through the players and how likely they are to uh, make it to the final squad. And we explain why we think so and give information on each player's history and standing with the squad. And the way we do this is by first organizing the players into their designated position. Uh, we do realize that uh, these are a bit artificial since players don't always play in their coded position. Uh, but we nevertheless find it a good way to organize the discussion. And then we go through the players and share some of the data we've collected in our soccer files. And we use that data to try to predict how likely the player is to make the team uh, based mostly on their recent participation, but a couple of other factors as well. We categorize them into uh, definite, likely, possible, possible but unlikely, and seems to be off the squad. Uh, we also mentioned big players who have recently retired and make note uh, of any that we know to be currently injured. And we finish with a quick run through of the squad again and try to determine which of the players will be the starters. Right, and uh, for those following on YouTube, we run a very simple graphic where we list the names and you can actually see the players' names in print, as it were. And uh, this is the same broadcast for the audio podcast, so we're going to try to repeat the names a few times to uh, help listeners familiarize themselves with the players' names so that when they step onto the field, you have a sense of who they are. And perhaps you can impress your friends by telling them a couple of details that you learned here. And that's as much as we can do to this point. But as the rosters are being published, we'll do an update podcast on teams and players. For the players, that will essentially be going over the uh, predictions that we make here, uh, updating them based on the games played to that point and any new information that we learn, and revealing which players were selected for the preliminary and final rosters. So keep your eye out for those probably in early to mid-November. All right, the preamble is done, so let's move on to talking about the uh, team. And we've done a few podcasts on Portugal. Uh, we did one first for the uh, Euro Cup. And um, 
in 2021, uh, Euro 2020 it was called. And uh, we also have done the group uh, podcast for this World Cup. So uh, Portugal in Group H and a short version of that as well. And uh, here are some of the things that came out of that. So uh, I'm going to call the first one the what and the how. So the what refers to the final results that uh, Portugal has achieved. And those have been quite good. Uh, recently, they won the 2016 Euro Cup. And uh, they've been get, uh, very consistent in reaching cups and uh, mostly passing the group stages. Uh, but how they have done it is a bit less convincing, often finishing second in their qualifying group and requiring a playoff to reach the tournaments, and actually never in recent times finishing first in their group stage, uh, in the group stage of a tournament. So uh, 2016 is actually the most illustrative example of both, where they finished third in their group stage behind Hungary and Iceland, and then uh, went on to win the tournament. So overall, we'd say they were a little less convincing on deeper analysis than the uh, analysis than they seem to be on a superficial overview of their results. Uh, next, um, well, we're going to do the lineups uh, soon, and you'll see that there are a couple of friendlies in there. So I'll just talk about these um, to tell you how we're going to handle them in this podcast. So they played two friendlies with Qatar. Uh, early on in World Cup qualifying, so not long after the Euro Cup. And that was after their first uh, qualifying game uh, following the Euro Cup, and then after the second game uh, as well. And rather than including these in each summary uh, of the positions uh, below as we go through the players, we'll just say that generally uh, they use the non-starters in those games. Uh, but we're going to see that they later became starters as part of a rotation system. So fairly experimental lineups, but in a sense uh, kind of important in that um, it uh, led to a move to a rotation system. So we're going to save this until the end because it'll be a bit easier to understand once we've gone through the players. Uh, but just generally speaking, uh, Portugal have moved from a starter uh, and a substitute for each position to basically two starters rotating the position. And we'll see that uh, in concrete form as we go through the uh, player by player. Finally, one of the questions that came up was um, uh, end of a generation, are Portugal's players aging? And uh, these are kind of more player issues than team issues. So I'm kind of... Um, um, expanding on the team issues here and just introducing the player issues and leaving you to think about them uh, until the end. So you can think about um, that rotation system and uh, the uh, end of a generation. Is it the end of a generation for them? Um, aging players, Ronaldo probably the, uh, the key example there. And um, what does uh, Portugal have to look for, uh, forward to after the Cup? So we'll detail those a bit more at the end, but for now we're going to move on to the formations that they've been using. So uh, in the Euro Cup, they played four games, and it was uh, a variety of formations, really. Uh, a 4-2-3-1 in their opening game. And then a 4-1-4-1 for the next two games. 
Uh, that opening game was against uh, Hungary and the uh, 4-1-4-1 was against Germany and then France. And finally, in the fourth game, so that would be the round of 16 game, they played Belgium with a 4-3-3 formation. And that ends up being the uh, formation, uh, what I call their preferred formation, the formation they go with uh, most often. So we can see that in their World Cup qualifying games. And um, uh, we see that uh, they use that 4-3-3 formation in five of the seven games uh, and otherwise used a 4-2-3-1 in, uh, in their second game. That was against uh, Azerbaijan. And a 4-1-3-2 in uh, their home game with Turkey. That was the second last game. Otherwise, it was 4-3-3 all the way. And uh, those two friendlies that I talked about with Qatar were actually near the beginning of World Cup qualifying. It was a 4-3-3 formation in both of those. But we won't pay too much attention to that uh, because uh, even though it doesn't seem like they experimented with formation there, they did experiment with uh, players uh, putting in, as I said, uh, many non-starter players. However, the Nations League uh, was the last set of games they played in june and that was a 4-3-3 formation three times and a 4-1-4-1 formation once so uh, in terms of the overall pattern we see that portugal is always using four at the back and then uh the uh forward line can range anywhere from one player to three players uh three players being the most preferred formation so um this comes into play when we uh, um, look at the summaries of each position. That means in the 4-3-3 formation, for example, a central attacking midfielder uh, is not really used and wingers are not really used. Um, but we do have kind of right and left midfielders and right and left forwards. So maybe that's the one to keep in mind since it's the one they use the most. All right, let's move on to talking about the squad uh, then. And hey, wait a minute, I've got the wrong graphic here. Now I've got the right graphic for the YouTube watchers. Uh, we'll begin, of course, with the manager. So the manager is Fernando Santos. And um, he has been manager of Portugal for um, since the 2016 Euro Cup. So, uh, of course, got uh, great credit for winning that tournament um, and the 2018 World Cup. But actually in between the 2017 Confederations Cup and the uh, 2020 Euro Cup. Uh, so he's been with them for four tournaments. Um, in 2012, he was the manager of Greece uh, in the Euro Cup. And um, so those are the uh, two national teams that he's managed, kind of back to back. He moved directly from Greece to Portugal in 2014. And prior to that, uh, was a manager, a club manager in both of those countries, uh, uh, managing um, Pauk Thessalonia and AEK Athens in Greece, uh, AEK Athens twice, actually, and then clubs in Portugal as well, including uh, Porto in Portugal from 1998 to 2001, and Sporting Lisbon uh, in Portugal, and Benfica uh, as well. But uh, Benfica was 2006, and uh, 
Sporting Lisbon was 2003 and four. Okay, so an experienced manager in Fernando Santos, and he has uh, um, uh, done well guiding Portugal through the last few tournaments. So he will definitely be there for this tournament. All right, now the way we usually do this is uh, we introduce the player names first, and then we go through and do a kind of biographical information on, on the players one by one, and we finish with a summary of the position. So we're going to start with goalkeepers. And as a definite candidate, we have uh, Rui Patricio. And we also have a definite candidate with Diogo Costa. Uh, no likely candidates, but we have a possible candidate in Jose Sa and Rui Silva. Uh, two possible candidates there. And finally, uh, Anthony Lopez, who seems to be off the squad. So let's go back and take a closer look at uh, Rui Patricio. Um, we have him as a definite candidate. He started seven of their 13 games since the Euro 2021 and was on the bench for the six others, so always selected. Uh, he has 104 caps since his first one in 2006, and he is 34 years old. 34 years old. He plays for Roma uh, in Italy. That was a move in 2021 from Wolverhampton in England. We're going to see that uh, many of Portugal's players uh, play with Wolverhampton or have played with them. Uh, he was with them from 2018 to 21 and with Sporting Lisbon, Sporting Lisbon for uh, 12 years before that, uh, from 2006 to 18. So uh, that was his last youth club as well. Uh, uh, Rio Patricio uh, had his first tournament in the 2008 uh, Euro Cup. He was a substitute there, playing behind uh, goalkeeper Ricardo on the bench and didn't see any action. For the 2010 World Cup, he didn't make the final cut uh, there, and so was not part of that tournament. But following that, in Euro 2012, he was the starting keeper, and he has been for every tournament since. So... 2014 and 2018 World Cups and 2016 and 2020 Euro Cups as well as that 2017 Confederation Cup. So uh, Rui Patricio, uh, a definite candidate for this tournament too. Uh, next we have Diogo Costa. He got his first appearance on the bench in September 2021, so shortly after the uh, Euro Cup there, and he started five of their remaining games um, and was on the bench for the eight others. So he was also always called up. Uh, he's a lot younger, 23 years old, and he's been with Portugal since 2021. So a relative newcomer and those five caps, um, uh, five caps are his only five caps. He's, he plays with Porto in Portugal uh, since 2019 and was with the Porto uh, Youth Club too. Um, next, we have Jose Sa as a possible candidate. Uh, Jose Sa returned after an eight-month absence in November 2021, and he didn't start any of their remaining eight games and was uh, on the bench for four of them, but then he was injured for the last four matches. Uh, now, he is back in action with his club as of August uh, 2022 so injury is not a concern uh, but he hasn't been selected uh, um, 
since uh, since uh, before that injury. So a bit of a question mark as to his status with the club right now. Uh, Jose Sa uh, actually has no caps for Portugal, despite being with them since uh, 2017. Uh, he's 28 years old, and in uh, oh, I'll get to that soon. He uh, plays for Wolverhampton in England, so kind of replaced uh, Rui Patricio as the goalkeeper. He's been with them since 2021, and prior to that was with Olympiacos in Greece and uh, Porto in Portugal. Uh, so uh, his first tournament, he has had tournaments despite having no caps. He was on the bench for the 2017 Confederations Cup. He didn't see any action there. Uh, but after that, he hasn't been selected. So was not part of the 2018 World Cup or the uh, 2020 Euro Cup. So uh, kind of started to come back into the picture in November 2021. Uh, but that injury... Um, uh, seems like it damages his chances, but we'll see if he returns uh, for their September games. Rui Silva um, earned his first cap with a start in June 2021. So that was just before the cup. Uh, um, but uh, after, uh, he didn't start any of their 13 games since the Euro Cup and was on the bench. Uh, he wasn't selected, actually, for the nine matches after the Euro Cup but then came in for the last four matches. So uh, replacing the injured Jose Sa as the third string keeper, it seems. So uh, Rui Silva uh, has been with the team since 2021 and just has that one cap before Euro 2021 and is 28 years old. And he plays for Real Betis in Spain since 2021 and was with Granada in Spain and Nacional in Portugal before that. Uh, he was selected for the Euro 2020. Um, he was on the on the bench but didn't see any action. So he was the third string keeper there. We saw he kind of lost that spot but then regained it in June. Uh, but that was due to an injury to Jose Sar. So again, interesting to see uh, which one they'll go with uh, in the September games. Finally, we have Anthony Lopez. And uh, he just started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was on the bench for four games, but then not selected for the last eight matches. So seems to have drifted off the team. Uh, Anthony Lopez was born in France, but has played with Portugal since 2015. And he has 14 caps and is 32 years old. Uh, he's been with Lyon in France since 2012 and uh, has always been with Lyon uh, in his career. It was his youth club for uh, eight years also. Um, so Anthony Lopez uh, was a backup keeper in the 2016 Euro Cup. He didn't participate in the 2017 Confederation Cup, but he was also uh, on the roster for the 2018 World Cup and 2022 uh, Euro Cup. I didn't see any action in those games, but uh, seems to have been the um, third, perhaps even second string keeper there. Uh, but as we've seen, he was not selected for the last eight games and seems to be off the squad now. So that's uh, the candidates for goalkeepers. And let us look at a summary of the position. Uh, we have Rui Patricio playing all the games in the Cup and all the games in World Cup qualifying until the last two games 
of the seven uh, where Diogo Costa took uh, Diogo Costa took over and then in the Nations League games in June uh, they started sharing or they shared the games each of them playing two of the four games so um uh, we're going to see that pattern throughout the cup, uh, but it's a good example. Ru uh, Rui Patricio being the starting keeper and Diogo Costo as the backup, and that relationship changing to uh, an alternating position between the two. And we'll see that in several positions. All right, let's move on to defenders, and we'll begin with central defenders. And uh, the candidates here are Pepe as a definite candidate despite being um uh 39 years old and we also have um danilo Pereira, and i'll just say here uh he's a definite candidate he's actually coded as a defensive midfielder and uh has played mostly in that position in the past for portugal uh, but in this period from after the euro cup until um now he has played uh, more as a central defender i think he did play one or two games as a defensive midfielder but he seems to have become the uh, uh partnering central defender alongside pepe we'll get into that later uh, that would be at the expense of our third candidate here uh, ruben diaz at the likely level and then we have domingos duarte as a possible candidate uh, and we have four of them actually Jose Fonte, uh, Tiago Diallo, and David Carmo, uh, all four of those possible candidates. And finally, uh, Goncalo Inacio as a possible but unlikely candidate. So let's go back to the top to Pepe. And um, Pepe is a real veteran with the squad. Uh, he he started nine of their 13 games since 2021 and was on the bench for the other two. Uh, he was out with coronavirus for one and not selected for one. So um, uh, always selected uh, or almost always selected when available. Uh, Pepe has been with Portugal since 2007 and he has 128 caps and seven goals and as I mentioned he's 39 years old so uh, he's been around for a long time uh, currently he's with Porto in Portugal that's his second stint with them uh, he was with Besiktas in Turkey before that and Real Madrid for 10 years uh, from 2007 to 17 and uh, was with Porto for his first stint before that Actually, he's native Brazilian, and he became Portuguese in 2007. Um, and he was uh, there for the uh, Euro 2008. So every tournament since the Euro 2008, we won't go through them uh, one by one, but um, he's been uh, a starter in every tournament since the uh, 2008 Euro Cup. So uh, many tournaments there. In uh, 2020 Euro Cup, um, again, he was a starter despite his advanced uh, age as a soccer player uh, by then. And he uh, kind of gets in trouble sometimes for, for his complaining or his antics and is sometimes uh, uh, gets cards, uh, yellow and red cards, and um, is a thorn in the side of his opponents 
and sometimes of the fans. So uh, Pepe um, has been part of the central defence for um, almost 15 years now, and he looks like he will be in this one too. Okay, Danilo Pereira, or often known just as Danilo, uh, is a defensive midfielder, as mentioned, playing as a central defender. And in one position or the other, started 10 of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and was on the bench for three others. So um, always called up by the manager. Danilo has been with Portugal since 2015 and has 63 caps and two goals. He's 31 years old. And uh, Danilo Pereira plays for uh, Paris Saint-Germain in France since 2021 and was with Porto in Portugal uh, prior to that. He also played in uh, Italy and was on loan to a team to teams in Netherlands and Greece, so has been around. He was actually uh, born in Guinea-Bissau, um, but plays for Portugal, of course. His first tournament was in 2016 in the Euro Cup, and there he uh, started two games, started game one, uh, lost his starting position, uh, but was a sub in a few games, and then returned to start game six. In the 2017 Confederations Cup, he was a substitute, and he didn't make the 2018 World Cup, uh, but that was due to an injury. So Danilo came back for the uh, 20. Uh, 20 Euro Cup, and he started games one and two and three, uh, but then he was subbed out of uh, game three at halftime and lost his starting position, uh, coming in um, just as a substitute in game four there. Um, he actually, yeah, was um, went up for a header against a goalkeeper in game three against France there and was knocked out cold. So uh, perhaps it was cautionary that he wasn't started for uh, game four. Okay, anyway, it looks like he will be uh, a, a definite candidate. And again, as I said, looks like he's the partner in the central defense at the expense of Ruben Diaz, who's our next candidate. Ruben Diaz started four of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for one and on the bench for two. And he was injured for two and not selected for the last four matches. So uh, Ruben Diaz has been with Portugal since 2018 and has 39 caps and two goals, and he is 25 years old. He plays for Manchester City in England, so what does it tell you about Portugal's uh, quality that they can afford to leave a Manchester City player uh, on the bench, uh, basically, or not even call, call up such a player? Um, speaks to the riches of Portugal's uh, talent. Uh, Manchester United, uh, sorry, Manchester City then in England since 2020, and with uh, Benfica before that, and uh, Benfica was his final youth club as well. So Ruben Diaz was selected for the 2018 World Cup, but he didn't see any action in that cup. But he was a starter in the Euro 2020 uh, he started and finished all games there, uh, scored an own goal in that cup and um, was uh, warned by the referee uh, about roughness in the game against Hungary. So uh, not, um, not immune to uh, some roughness on the field. Uh, next, we have possible candidate uh, Domingos 
Duarte. So he started one of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. I believe that was one of the friendlies. And he was on the bench for four and not selected for eight others. So Domingos Duarte has been with Portugal just since 2020. Uh, he has three caps, but he's not a youngster. He's 27 years old, so a bit of a late starter with the national team. And he plays for uh, Hetafi in Spain since 2022 and Granada in Spain before that, uh, after leaving Sporting Lisbon in 2019 to play in Spain. Jose Fonte is our next candidate. Jose Fonte started three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for one and on the bench for two and not selected for seven games, including the last four matches. So maybe drifting off the team. Uh, he's quite uh, elderly too as a soccer player. He is uh, 39 years old, just like uh, Pepe there. And he has been with Portugal just since 2014, though, uh, with 50 caps and one goal. So that would mean uh, he joined Portugal um, when he was 31 years old. Um, 50 caps and one goal. He plays for Lille in France since 2018 and was with uh, Ch uh, in China and in England before that. Two clubs, uh, three clubs in England actually, West Ham, Southampton and Crystal Palace. That was from 2008 to 18 uh, all told and was with Benfica in Portugal uh, prior to that. And uh, Sporting Lisbon was actually his youth club. So Jose Fonte was part of the 2016 Euro Cup squad where he started uh, on the bench, but uh, for game four, he earned a starting position and uh, finished all of um, their games. He only allowed, uh, only one of their five goals was actually scored under his watch uh, there. Uh, and in the 2017 Federation Cup, it was the inverse where he started and finished game one, but lost his starting position uh, there. However, he was a starter in the World Cup where he started and finished all games in 2018. Uh, but on, in uh, 2020, in the Euro Cup, he was uh, on the roster, but saw no action uh, in that tournament. So uh, kind of on and off as a starter, at least. And now... Um, uh, maybe off uh, uh, even being selected for the squad. Next, we have uh, Tiago Diallo. He got his first appearance on the bench in March 2022 and didn't start any of the remaining six games, but he was on the bench for one and with the under-21 team for four. So uh, maybe this tournament comes a bit too early for him. He has no caps and is 22 years old and plays for Lille in France. And the same may be said of David Carmo, our last possible candidate. He got his first appearance on the bench in June 2022, so didn't start any of their four games in June, uh, but was on the bench for three of them. So uh, he's 23 years old and plays for Porto uh, in Portugal. That's a recent move, actually, from Braga uh, uh, in 2022. And finally, we have uh, Goncalo Ignacio. Uh, Goncalo Ignacio. And uh, I have conflicting reports on him, actually. Uh, one of my sources says he was on the roster uh, for a game in March 22, but another source uh, says he wasn't, so... Um, anyway, an outside chance uh, to be sure, but um, 
He is just 21 years old and playing for Sporting Lisbon in Portugal uh, since 2020. So a possibility that we'll see him uh, down the road for Portugal, but not likely for this cup. All right, let's go and uh, and summarize the position of central defender. So it was Pepe and Ruben Diaz in the cup and in the first part of World Cup qualifying. And then we saw a defensive midfielder Danilo or Danilo Pereira, as well as Jose Fonte coming in uh, for the second half of World Cup qualifying. And uh, those two, uh, Danilo and Jose Fonte, even played uh, the sixth game, six of seven games, as a pairing themselves. But otherwise, either uh, Pepe or Danilo was on the field. And it was Pepe and uh, Danilo in all four of the Nations League games. So that seems like uh, a fairly firm pairing. And to me, a bit surprising that Danilo... Uh, the defensive midfielder is being uh, selected ahead of Ruben Diaz. And uh, I wonder if that will continue into the cup. Okay, let's move on to the left back position. And here we have uh, two candidates, Nuno Mendes as a definite candidate and Rafael Guerrero, Guerrero as a likely candidate. So let's talk about uh, Nuno Mendes. Uh, he started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup and additionally was subbed in for three and on the bench for two. So just one match that he wasn't called up for. And uh, he's quite young, uh, 20 years old, but uh, he's been with Portugal since 2021 and has amassed 16 caps uh, for them. He plays for Paris Saint-Germain, so a big move uh, in France, so seems to be a very promising young player. That move was in 2022, and he was with Sporting Lisbon uh, before that, and actually loaned to Paris Saint-Germain um, from 2021, uh, and Sporting Lisbon um, uh, youth club as well. Uh, not his first youth club, but the uh, last one he was with. And uh, next we have Rafael Guerrero, uh, a likely candidate because he started five of their 13 games since the Euro Cup, was subbed in for one and on the bench for two, but he was also uh, injured for two and not selected for a couple of games uh, also. So Rafael Guerrero, uh, Guerrero, Guerrero, I'm sorry, has been with Portugal since 2014, and he has 56 caps and three goals and is uh, 29 years old playing for uh, Borussia Dortmund in Germany since 2016, and uh, Lorient in France and Kane in France before that. So actually played for youth clubs uh, in France because he was born there um, and uh, threw his lot in with the Portuguese team here. So um, he wasn't involved in the 2014 World Cup, uh, Rafael Guerrero, but he did uh, start in the 2016 uh, World, uh, sorry, 2016 Euro Cup, and uh, was uh, injured a bit during that tournament. But um, that was kind of in the middle and managed to uh, uh, play the last two games there. Uh, kind of like Jose Fonte, uh, only one of his five, uh, only one of their five goals against was scored uh, when he was on the field. So uh, that made him look good. He was a starter in the uh, 2020, 
seven sorry the 2017 confederation cup um started games one and two but again injury played a role um uh and and that actually put him out of that tournament uh after game two however he came back in the 2018 world cup as a starter and started and finished all the games there and in the euro 2020 um where uh he uh, like pepe uh uh, before scored an own goal uh, in the tournament. I think Pepe's was in 2016, actually, but uh, suffered the ignominy of an own goal, uh, poor old Rafael Guerrera. But uh, uh, doing well with the squad and a likely candidate to make the cup. So those are the uh, two candidates we have at left back. So let's summarize the position. In the uh, Euro Cup, it was Rafael, Rafael Guerrero uh, starting all four games and also the first two games of World Cup qualifying. Uh, he came back for game six of those seven World Cup qualifying games, but uh, in the middle, Nuno Mendes played three of the games, and Diogo Dallo uh, played one of the games. Diogo Dallo will meet as a right back, uh, so we'll meet him in the next section. And uh, Nuno Mendes uh, also had played both of those friendlies against Qatar too. Uh, and then Rafael Guerrero and Nuno Mendes each played two of the four Nations League games. So once again, we kind of see uh, a starter and backup relationship changing into an alternating, uh, sorry, an alternating or rotating uh, relationship. So um, that happening with the goalkeeper and the left back position so far. Uh, let's look at right backs then. And for candidates, we have Jao Cancelo as a definite, and uh, Diogo Dallo, who we just mentioned, as a likely candidate, and uh, Nelson Semedo as a possible candidate there. And we have Cedric Suarez as a possible but unlikely. So we'll go back to the top and talk about Jao Cancelo. And uh, he. Um, started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 euro cup and he was on the bench for three so just one match that he wasn't selected for and um has been with portugal since 2016 with 37 caps and seven goals uh he is 28 years old so he also like ruben diaz plays for manchester city in england and has done so since 2019 prior to that he was with uh, juventus in italy and valencia in spain also loaned to inter milan so kind of taking a tour of the top teams in europe and as far as portugal goes he was with uh, benfica in portugal from 2014 to 15 which was also his last youth club so um he uh, actually uh, despite being a defender scored in each of his first three caps although that was against fairly weak teams, but a, a cool little detail nevertheless. Uh, but maybe more interesting, he's never actually participated in a tournament. So um, he has been on the team since 2016. Doesn't seem to have been a consideration for the Euro Cup that year, but wasn't selected for the 2017 Confederations Cup or the... Um, uh, 2018 World Cup. He was selected for the 35-man preliminary squad there, but didn't make the final cut. Uh, he would have been selected for Euro 2020, and in fact, he was selected 
uh, for that tournament, but he tested positive for COVID before the tournament and uh, was replaced by Diogo Dallo, uh, who we'll meet right away here. So uh, Jao Cancelo, uh, a definite candidate though to make his first tournament with Portugal uh, here. Diogo Dallo, uh, started three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was on the bench for six of those and not selected for four others. So Diogo Dallo um, is new to Portugal. He has been with them since 2021, and in that time has earned six caps and two goals. So very young, uh, 23 years old, Diogo Dallo, and playing for Manchester United in England since 2018. Uh, 2018, actually, that's earlier than I thought, uh, but he was loaned out to AC Milan in 2020-21. His uh, Portuguese team was Porto, um, and he spent his first uh, senior year with them and his entire youth club uh, with them from 2008, so from nine years old. And if you think that's a surprising age to get started, it's actually relatively old for the uh for uh, the top soccer players. Many of them start years before nine. Uh, Diogo Dallo then, his first tournament was um, yeah, the 2000 Euro 2020, where as we saw, he, he was called in to replace uh, Jao Cancelo. And he was just a sub in that tournament, uh, subbing into game three. Uh, no, uh, actually he did uh, start and finish game four as well. Um, so Diogo Dallo, uh, a likely candidate here, and uh, Nelson Semedo seems to be kind of the the uh, exiting candidate here, and he started uh, two of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for one and on the bench for four, uh, and he was injured for the last four matches, so maybe I was premature in saying he was on his way out there. Uh, two matches that he wasn't selected for. Uh, he was actually injured for the June matches, the Nations League games, but uh, he was back in action with his club by August 2022. So it doesn't seem to be an injury concern uh, here. So Nelson Semedo has been with Portugal since 2015 and has 24 caps and no goals in that time and is currently 29 years old. And he's one of several players who played for Wolverhampton in England since 2020 in his case. And prior to that, he was with Barcelona in Spain for three years and uh, was with Benfica as his first senior club, uh, Benfica in Portugal. Uh, his first tournament was the 2017 Confederations Cup. Uh, he started uh, two of the games there, games three and five, and he got three yellow cards in that tournament, um, and two of them added up to a red card uh, in extra time of game five. But, uh, um, yeah, in uh, uh, game five. So, um for the 2018 World Cup, he was on the preliminary squad, Nelson Semedo, but he didn't make the final cut. Uh, but in Euro 2020, uh, he was a starter. Perhaps Jao Cancelo would have been the starter, um, but he uh, was out with COVID. So uh, Nelson Semedo getting the start in the Euro 2020. He actually um, had a tremendous collision in, in a game against Hungary there and uh, kind of flipped like a fish on a frying pan and perhaps not a great tournament for him because he also gave up a penalty to France um, 
Kylian Mbappe uh, drawing a penalty from him. So um, uh, Nelson Semedo, uh, just a possible candidate here. Uh, and we also have Cedric Suarez. So he didn't start any of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was on the bench for two uh, and not selected for 11 others, including the last four matches. So he uh, um, does seem to be on his way out. Cedric Suarez has been with the team since 2014 uh, just um, and has uh, 33 caps and one goal and is 31 years old. So Cedric Suarez plays for Arsenal in England and prior to that was with Southampton in England for five years. Uh, he was actually loaned out to Inter Milan in 2019 there. And his Portuguese club was Sporting Lisbon. Uh, he played with them from 2010 to 15 and uh, with their youth club for 12 years on the youth club since seven years of age. Um, and by the way, he usually has Cedric on the back of his shirt or at least did so in 2016. So uh 2016 was uh his first tournament actually um and he uh didn't appear in any of the first three games but then he gained a starting position for the last four and uh um, like a couple of players we've said before only one of his uh only one of portugal's five goals that they allowed was scored under his watch so he did well in those last three games uh going all the way to the final with them for the 2017 confederation cup cedric suarez was a starter and uh, he uh, started three of the games didn't appear in two of them and actually scored a goal in that tournament too uh, for the 2018 world cup he was a starter also but he lost his starting position for game four uh, in that tournament so didn't appear there and he uh he uh, handled the ball in the box there in the 2018 World Cup against Iran and gave away a soft penalty. It was a soft penalty and uh, allowed Iran their late equaliser. Um, he wasn't selected, however, for the 2020 Euro Cup and um, uh, has, seems to have drifted further off the team since Cedric Suarez. So uh, those are the four candidates for the right back position. Uh, but in this case, it's uh, um, a kind of a transfer of custody of the position from Nelson Semedo, who played the first three games of the Cup. Uh, Diogo Dallo played the last game of the Cup. Uh, but when Jao Cancelo came back, uh, he played um, in the World Cup qualification games uh, in five of the seven games with Semedo and Dallo each starting once. And then Jao Cancelo started all four of the Nations League games. So um, the position seems quite firmly in his grip. All right, let's move on to, uh, well, we don't have any uh, general defenders. And uh, we move on to the midfielders. Um, and we start with defensive midfielders. Uh, here we have uh, Ruben Neves as a likely candidate and also Jao Palinha as a likely candidate. So just uh, the two defensive midfielders, but we're going to do uh, central midfielders um, before the summary because these positions often overlap. So uh, actually, and we saw Danilo Pereira uh, is also coded as a, cent 
as a defensive midfielder, but we covered him as a central defender since he's played that position more often. So we begin with uh, Ruben Neves, and he has, uh, oh, he started four of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was also subbed in for four and on the bench for two. So uh, out with injury for two and not selected for one match, uh, Ruben Neves. Uh, Ruben Neves uh, has been with Portugal since 2015 and has 32 caps and is 25 years old. Another of the several players who play for Wolverhampton in England. But he's been there for quite a while, since 2017. Uh, he moved from Porto. Uh, that was his first club uh, and his uh, youth club too, um, Porto in Portugal. So uh, despite being on the team since 2017, he wasn't a part of the 2016 Euro Cup squad or the 2017 Confederations Cup squad. As far as World Cup 2018, he made the preliminary squad but didn't make the final cut. And so Euro 2020 was his first tournament uh, where he, he was a substitute appearing only in game three. Uh, where he was subbed in. So uh, certainly a difficult time getting a starting position on the squad. And we'll see that there's really a, um, a flood of midfielders. So pretty hard to uh, work your way in as a starter uh, amidst the talent that they have. And nevertheless, we think he will be at the Cup. He's a likely candidate to be. And we have uh, Jao Palinha also as a likely candidate he started four of their 13 games since the 2021 euro cup and he was subbed in for four and on the bench for three so two matches that he wasn't selected for and uh, he has been with portugal just since 2021 despite being 27 years old so a bit of a late starter for them uh, but he has 15 caps and two goals in that time so it's actually getting uh, good field time with Portugal here. He moved to Fulham in England in 2022. Uh, so a new move from Sporting Lisbon, where he played from 2016 to 2022. He was loaned out a little bit, um, but Sporting Lisbon was his, uh, his uh, final youth club and his first senior club. So João Polinho, um, uh, um, oh, I should have said, no, 2020, I always get confused. So uh, his first game was in the 2020 Euro Cup, although that was in 2021. That's what confused me there for a minute. Uh, and in, the, in, the, in that Euro Cup, he was subbed into game three at halftime and went on to start game four uh, there. So, um, yeah, kind of working his way into the team. He also scored two of their 22 goals in qualifying. Uh, one in each of their games against Luxembourg, actually. So, Joe Polinho, a defensive midfielder. And again, we won't summarize the position until we've gone through central midfielders here. So, um, let's take a look. And again, here we have a, a player coded as a central midfielder, Bruno Fernandez, but actually he plays more uh, upfield as more like an attacking midfielder. So, played left midfield a few times. And uh, we've moved him to uh, left midfield for our discussion of him. And meanwhile, on the more defensive end of the midfield, we have uh, William Carvalho as a likely candidate for central midfield. And we have um, uh, 
Matthias Nunes uh, as a likely candidate. And um, we have Renato Sanchez as a possible candidate and uh, Bikinia as a possible candidate. And I'll also say that we moved uh, Jao Moutinho, who's coded as a central midfielder, uh, but he has really played all over the field during this period. So we've uh, created a category called versatile midfielder for him and a couple of other players uh, because they just can't stay still in the same spot. Uh, so a lot of uh, movement around the midfield uh, there. So we'll stick with these three candidates, uh, four candidates, to talk about and um, deal with Bruno Fernandes and João Moutinho a little bit later. So William Carvalho then uh, started three of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for two and on the bench for five uh, and not selected for three matches, but those were the first uh, three matches after the Euro Cup there. Uh, William Carvalho has been with Portugal since 2013 and there's 75 caps and five goals. He's 30 years old. So he plays for Rio Betis in Spain and has done so since 2018 and was with Sporting Lisbon uh, for a long time before that from 2011. Um, and Sporting Lisbon was his final youth club as well. Uh, the 2014 World Cup was his first tournament, and he subbed into that tournament uh, into, into game two at halftime and went on to finish game three. Uh, in 2016, kind of similarly, he didn't appear in game one, but gained a starting position for all remaining games. Uh, he also got three yellow cards, but he didn't get a red. Uh, they were all in different games, but he was uh, suspended in game six for an accumulation of cards. Uh, for the 2017 Confederations Cup, he started. He was a starter. And in the 2018 World Cup and uh, 2020 Euro Cup, also a starter. Uh, in the case of the 2020 Euro Cup, though, uh, after game two, he was relegated to the bench and uh, not even on the bench for game four. Uh, so kind of drifted off the team there. And yeah, it doesn't seem to be a starter for Portugal with just three of their 13 games as a starter, but does seem a likely candidate to uh, make it to the squad, William Carvalho. Uh, next we have Matthias Nunes. So uh, he got his first cap in October, 2021 and started two of their remaining 10 games. Uh, he was subbed in for six and not selected for two others. So Matthias Nunes uh, has, is new to Portugal, just 24 years old and got his first cap in 2021 and has since earned nine caps and one goal. Uh, yet another player for Wolverhampton in England. He's a recent arrival, uh, moving there in 2022 from Sporting Lisbon. And um, he scored one of their goals in qualifying. Actually, one of the goals in the semi-final playoff game uh, at home to Turkey uh, there. Okay, next we have Renato Sanchez. Um, and he started one of their 13 games, actually started it as a left midfielder. Uh, one of their 13 games since the Euro Cup and was subbed in for one. He was actually out with two separate injuries for five of the games 
and uh, not selected for six, including the last four matches. So we only have him as a possible here. He has been with Portugal since 2016, so started at a very young age. Uh, he's just 25 years old. So it looks like he was 19 when he got his first uh, cap there. And uh, he has 32 caps and three goals and plays for Paris Saint-Germain in France since 2022. So uh, he has a good resume too. Played with Lille in France from 2019 to 22 and Bayern Munich uh, before that, 2016 to uh, 19. Fans of the Premier League may remember that he was uh, loaned to Swansea uh, in 2017 and 18 that didn't work out that well for him uh, and his portuguese club was benfica uh, his first senior club and youth club there um, so he showed uh, great promise as a youngster uh, didn't really live up to that promise but seems to be doing so uh, if you're in the interest of paris saint germain uh, 2016 was his first tournament he was subbed into uh games one three and four and then gained uh, a starting position for the last three games uh however he was not selected for the 2017 confederations cup or the 2018 world cup uh, for euro 2020 he was just a substitute uh, at least for the first two games when he subbed into game two at halftime and got a starting position for games three and four there so um actually uh, finally showed his potential in a tournament there uh, with some notable uh, uh, plays uh, against Germany and Belgium. So uh, Renato Sanchez, a possible candidate, and uh, Vitinha, uh, probably less probable, I would say, than Sanchez. Uh, he got his first appearance on the bench in March 2022 and started one of their remaining six games. Uh, but he uh, he was subbed in for two and on the bench for one and out with coronavirus for two games. So he uh, is with Paris Saint-Germain also, just like Renato Sanchez. However, he has been loaned out. Uh, oh, no, he... Um, no, no, he's with them. He was with Portugal uh, prior to that, and that's where he was loaned out to. Guess, guess to whom he was loaned out? It was Wolverhampton in England. So, um, but now he's with Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, so, some good club affiliations there, but it looks like uh, they're only possible candidates to reach the cup, Renato Sanchez and Vitinha. And uh, now that we've finished central midfielders, we can go back and summarize this position. Uh, so it's almost always one uh, central midfielder. If you look at their formations, primarily the 4-3-3. Uh, only in two games was a, a pair of central midfielders. Uh, and in four of the games, it was that 4-1-4-1 with the single uh, central midfielder being a stopper uh, with other midfields and midfielders in front of him. And so um, it's usually a, kind of a defensive midfielder uh, position. Uh, so uh, defensive midfielder Danilo Pereira, who we met now as a central defender, he actually played uh, in the cup in this position. And one time he was paired with um, central midfielder William Carvalho. 
uh, but two times it was Danilo Pereira as a stopper. And it was um, actually Jao Palino came in in game four when they moved to a 4-3-3 formation. And Jao Palino continued playing into the World Cup qualifying games. So basically played the first half of those uh, World Cup qualifiers. And then Jao Moutinho came into the position for the second half. Matthias Nunes did play uh, the lone central midfielder once in World Cup qualifying there. And uh, in the Nations League, it was Jao Moutinho for the first game and uh, defensive midfielder Ruben Neves, who actually had been tried out in one of the friendlies uh, after that. Okay, let's move on uh, to our next category, which is the, uh, the group of uh, players I've put as general or versatile midfielders. These are uh, three players who have kind of been uh, all over the field. And they're all definite candidates, so that's why we talk about the glut of um, kind of central midfielder players, uh, almost too much talent, you could say. And uh, we have uh, Bruno Fernandes as the first definite candidate, and Bernardo Silver uh, also. Now, Bruno Fernandes is, um, is uh, coded as a central midfielder. And uh, Bernardo Silva as an attacking midfielder primarily. And, uh, oh, I was wrong. This one is not definite, but likely uh, João Moutinho. And he's coded as a central midfielder primarily too. And uh, all three of them kind of played all over the field. So let's uh, take a look at Bruno Fernandes. Uh, he started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. And he was subbed in for the four others. So it looks like... Uh, um, a definite candidate to us. Bruno Fernandes first started with Portugal in 2017 and has amassed uh, 48 caps and nine goals. And he's 28 years old. And he plays for Manchester United in England and was with uh, Sporting Lisbon uh, before that. But that wasn't his first club. He was actually with several clubs in Italy um, from 2012 to 2017. Sampdoria, Udinese and Novara. And um, actually, Novara was his last youth club, but uh, Boa Vista was his uh, main youth club for eight years. And uh, Bruno Fernandes' first uh, tournament was the 2018 World Cup. He started game one there, but subbed out at 68 and then lost his starting position, uh, appearing only in game two as a substitute uh, after that. For the uh, Euro 2020, though, he started games one and two. And whoops, it looks like he lost his starting position in that one, too. So uh, started games one and two, subbed out of both of those, and then only used as a substitute after that. Uh, so Bruno Fernandes, though, a definite candidate now. And as we say, uh, as we said, plays all over the field, left midfield, right midfield, and attacking midfield also. Uh, Bernardo Silva started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for three and on the bench for one. And the only match he missed was uh, one he was injured for. Uh, Bernardo Silva has been with Portugal since 2015. And he has uh, 72 caps and eight goals. And he too is 28 years old. Uh, plays for Manchester City in England and has done so since 2017. He came from Monaco uh, in the French League there and was with Benfica in Portugal as his first club 
uh, from 2013 to 15. Uh, Benfica was also his youth club uh, for 10 years, actually. Uh, he started before Br uh, Bruno Fernandes there. Uh, actually, he was... Uh, um, uh, he got a, a thigh injury, so it's difficult to say whether he would have been selected for the 2016 Cup because I think he got a thigh injury before any selections were made. Uh, but he was on the squad for the 2017 Confederations Cup. Uh, didn't appear in games one and five, but did uh, um, was a starter for the three games in between there. And 2018 uh, World Cup, he was a starter uh, in all four games, except for game three, where he was a substitute. And 2020 uh, started all four games there, subbing out of each one. Um he didn't score any goals in the 2020 Euro Cup, but he did uh, score one goal in qualifying for this 2022 World Cup. Um, and, uh, yeah, he played as a more uh, defensive uh, left midfielder and right midfielder a couple of times. Uh, he also played as a um, central attacking midfielder a couple of times and as a right winger, so really all over the midfield there. Uh, Jao Moutinho is our third versatile midfielder, and he played uh, central midfield and left and right midfield. Uh, so all three midfield positions in that 4-3-3, if you want to imagine it that way. Jao Moutinho uh, started seven of their 13 games since the um, 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for four and on the bench for one, and perhaps we moved him down uh, to likely... Um, both because of his age and because he wasn't selected for that last match in June. So uh, in terms of age, he's 37 years old. He's been with Portugal since 2005 and has 145 caps and seven goals. Wow. Uh, another who plays for Wolverhampton in England, he has done so since 2018 and was with Monaco in the French League for five years before that. And Porto in Portugal. Uh, oh, a player who played for both Porto and Sporting Lisbon um, there. And Sporting Lisbon, Lisbon was actually his youth club. So, uh, João Moutinho got his first uh, tournament in 2008 for the 2008 Euro Cup. But he wasn't selected for the uh, uh, 2010 World Cup. He was on a seven-man standby squad there. Uh, but he was a starter in... Um, most of the Cups after that, the Euro 2012 and 2016, actually lost his starting position in uh, the 2016 Cup and also in the World Cup 2008 and 2000 and, sorry, uh, World Cup 2014 and 2018. Lost his starting position in the World Cup 2018 too uh, after Game 2. Uh, and for the Euro 2020, it was the inverse. He subbed into games one and two and then gained a starting position uh, for the games after that. So not necessarily a starter uh, in every cup. And uh, even if he does start, doesn't always remain a starter until the end. But uh, João Moutinho, um, a likely candidate. So we don't have any uh, uh, review uh, of the position here. Rather, these players are uh, kind of in several positions. So you're going to hear their names come up uh, in the next few sections here. And um, um, 
remember that, that that's not the only position he played. Actually, we, we are going to summarize left midfielders because we don't actually have any candidates coded as left midfielders. So um, the position is uh, only used in the 4-3-3 formation. So uh, the left midfielder is on the um, in the 4-3, uh, the second set of three on the left side of that. And uh, otherwise, we use wingers or uh, attacking left attacking midfielders to describe these players. So think of it as a more defensive uh, role in a 4-3-3. So uh, it was only used once in the Cup, uh, in the final game of the Euro Cup, and Renato Sanchez was in the position. Uh, Bruno Fernandes and Gael Moutinho uh, shared the position, kind of alternated uh, in the World Cup qualification, and Bernardo Silva came in for the last game. And then it continued to be a variety of players uh, Bernardo Silva, William Carvalho, and Bruno Fernandes, each playing at once in Nations League games and the position not used in the other game. So, um, yeah, a big variety of players uh, over there. And right midfielders, well, we do have one uh, or a couple of players coded as right midfielders. Uh, so, Goncalo Guides um, and Otavio are both coded as right midfielders. But uh, they've been playing the right attacking midfielder, kind of more offense, offensive-minded uh, players. So we're going to, or we uh, move them to right attacking midfielders, who we'll talk to uh, a little bit later. In terms of uh, who's been playing in the position then, uh, again, it's rarely the same player twice, except for Bruno Fernandes, who held it four times. Again, it was only uh, used once in the Cup, and that was Jao Moutinho. And in World Cup qualifying, um, a, a variety of players, Bernardo Silva, Jao Paulinho, Renato Sanchez, and Bruno Fernandes uh, twice. And uh, Bruno Fernandes also in the first two games of the Nations League. That makes up his four appearances in the role. And then in the last game, it was uh, central midfielder Vitinha, um, who um, took the position there. So uh, pretty confusing, both on the right and left side of that 4-3-3 midfield position. And uh, let's move over to talk about left wingers. So uh, this position has only been used three times, uh, twice in the Cup and once in the Nations League. But we do have several players who are coded as left wingers, so we will look at them here. The first one is... Um, uh, Diogo Jota, so he is a likely candidate. And the next one is Rafael Liao, uh, also a likely candidate. We have Richard Horta as a left winger, as a possible candidate. And finally, Pedro Neto as a player who seems to be off the uh, team. So let's go back to uh, Diogo Jota. Um, he started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. He was subbed in for two and on the bench for one and three matches that he was not selected for. So uh, he was out actually with a hamstring injury in August uh, of this year, 2022, but he came back in early September. And uh, now he seems to be uh, back in action 
for the team. So his team uh, oop, is Liverpool, but I'll give you his bio data for Portugal first. Diogo Jota has been with Portugal since 2019, and he has 29 caps and a healthy 10 goals. Uh, for the 26-year-old, and as I started to say, plays for Liverpool in England. And uh, lo and behold, it's Wolverhampton that he came from, where so many uh, Portuguese players seem to have played recently. Um, he was with Wolves from 2018 to 20, and Atletico Madrid uh, before that. Um, so actually, his uh, his first team in Portugal was Pecos. Uh, Pecos de Ferreira, and he was with uh, them at the end of his youth career too. Uh, in terms of tournaments, um, his first tournament was the Euro 2020, where he started all four games and uh, scored one of their goals uh, in that tournament. And um, uh, in uh, qualifying, he scored quite a few goals, five of their, 20, uh, five of their 22 goals there. Uh, making him their second uh, highest scorer. So um, both Liverpool and Portugal, happy to have him back in their squad. Uh, Rafael Liao is um, a young player. He got his first cap in October 2021 and started two of their remaining 10 games. And he was subbed in for seven and on the bench for the other. So always called up after first being called up in October 2021. Uh, so, 11 caps since 2021 for the 23-year-old. He plays for AC Milan in Italy uh, and has done so since 2019. Was with Lille for a year before that and Sporting Lisbon uh, as his first senior club and his youth club um, for nine years. Uh, Ricardo Horta returned actually after an almost eight-year absence in June 2022, uh, didn't start any of their remaining four games there, but he was subbed in for three. Um, and he uh, has been actually had been with the team since 2014, um, but only earned a, a cap or two in 2014 before not being selected for eight years. So in total has five caps and one goal and is uh, 28 years old. And he's with Braga in Portugal and was with Malaga in Spain. Uh, before that, Pedro Neto uh, last appeared for the national team in March 2021, and he was out with a, a knee injury uh, from then until March 2022. Uh, but he did come back. Um, yeah, sorry, um, out with a knee injury for a year that time and hasn't made it back to the squad since. So he uh, has three goals and one, uh, three caps and one goal for Portugal since 2020, uh, just 22 years old. So lots of time for him to come back. And he is another one with Wolverhampton in England since 2019 and was with, with Bra uh, Braga in Portugal before that. So Pedro Neto uh, doesn't look like he'll be part of this squad. Uh, in terms of his recent participation, but there's always an outside hope. And uh, again, uh, we'll summarize the position. So as I said, left-winger position has only been used those three times, and it was Diogo Jota every time. So uh, keep these players in mind, Diogo Jota and Rafael Liao particularly, because they also uh, cover the left-attacking midfielder role. 
excuse me, I have to turn the mic off to cough there. Over on the other side, on the right wing, uh, we have just two candidates who seem to be off the team, so very much uh, outside candidates, but they have played since 2021, so we include them here. Um, Pedro Goncalves and Trincao, uh, both right wingers who seem to be off the team. So let's go back to uh, Pedro Goncalves. And he last appeared for the ninth, uh, for the national team in the 2018 World Cup. However, uh, he was selected for the 2020 uh, Euro Cup, which I'll get to in a second. So Pedro Goncalves um, got his first cap in 2021 and has two caps. He's just 24 years old. So again, we may see him in the future. He is with... Uh, Sporting Lisbon in Portugal. Uh, he also played for uh, Famiel Cow in sport in Portugal, and believe it or not, Wolverhampton Wanderers in England in 2018-19. Actually, he, he was with Wolverhampton Wanderers Youth Club for the last part of his youth career, uh, uh, having moved over from Valencia's Youth Club. Um, so, as I said, uh, on the roster for the 2020 Euro Cup, but um, uh, didn't see any action uh, in that squad and uh, has not played um, uh, actually since 2018. Oh no, what have I been saying? Uh, it's not the 2018 World Cup, it's the 2020 Euro Cup. Uh, that was his last appearance for the squad. So uh, Pedro Goncalves uh, seemingly off the squad. As is uh, Trincao, he didn't start any of their games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, he was subbed in for one and on the bench for one, though, uh, and not selected for 11 others, including the last 10 matches. So uh, selected for a couple of games after the Euro Cup uh, there, but um, has been off the team uh, for most of the time since then. Uh, Trincao has been with Portugal since 2020 and has seven caps and is just 23 years old. And he plays for Barcelona in Spain uh, since 2020. However, he has been uh, loaned out and is currently with Sporting Lisbon. And what do you know, Wolverhampton Wanderers, he was loaned out to in 2021. Uh, prior to Barcelona in 2020, he was with Braga in Portugal. And uh, that was his last youth club. Uh, as well. So uh, Trincao uh, was not part of the 2020 uh, World Cup. Uh, tw oh, 2020 Euro Cup. I'm really losing myself here. Um, but he um, was with the under-21 20, uh, under team for uh, some of those games in the lead-up to the uh, Euro Cup. So yeah, struggling to get into the squad despite uh, being with Barcelona or on the roster at least for Barcelona in Spain, uh, but 23 years old, another player that uh, we'll probably see uh, in the future. So um, again, summary of the right wing is uh, similar to the left. It was only used three times, twice in the cup and once in Nations League. And uh, in, in terms of the player who played the position, it was the ubiquitous Bernardo Silver playing it twice. And then uh, right midfielder uh, Goncalo Guidas playing it once, and we'll talk about Goncalo Guidas uh, as a right attacking midfielder shortly. Okay, that in a sense brings us to the, um, well, the artificial line that we draw between uh, midfield and attack, 
because uh, we've been putting attacking midfielders and in the case of Portugal, left and right attacking midfielders as part of the forward line. So we'll continue in that tradition and introduce the attacking midfielders too. And we have just a likely candidate, sorry, just a possible candidate in Jao Mario. And uh, we also have a, a retired player in uh, Rafa Silva. So I'll tell you that story. Uh, tell you that story soon. Okay, let's look at the candidates coded as attacking midfielder. And I should add, actually, uh, Bernardo Silva, um, who we did under versatile players, is coded as an attacking midfielder too, but we moved him um, to include him in the versatile midfielder discussion. So, Jao Mario. Uh, Jao Mario returned after an almost two-year absence in September 2021 and started two of their remaining 13 games. Uh, subbed in for two and injured for two, but then not selected for the last six matches. And um, Jao Mario has been with Portugal since 2014. Uh, he has 52 caps and two goals and is 28 years old. And uh, he plays for Benfica in Portugal and has a good resume here. Uh, he was with Inter Milan from 2016 to 21. Uh, he was loaned to Sporting Lisbon during that time and um, um, Locomotive Moscow and West Ham in England loaned to all of those clubs and uh, was with Sporting Lisbon, basically with Sporting Lisbon uh, before that and his youth club is Sporting Lisbon too. So he was part of the, uh, not he was not part of the 2014 World Cup. Uh, he was selected for the 30-man preliminary squad there, but he didn't make the final cut. However, he was selected for the 2016 Euro Cup, and he started all seven games uh, in that cup. Uh, the, a muscle injury kept him out of the 2017 Confederations Cup, and for the 2018 World Cup, he was subbed into Game 1 and then gained a starting position for the remaining three games uh, in that cup. So um, I'm surprised he hasn't, um, uh, he, he was off for two years there because he's a pretty familiar character to me. And um, he was not part of the uh, Euro 2020. That was during his two-year absence. Uh, and for some reason, I just have the feeling that he should be part of um, Portugal's squad. So uh, just based on instinct alone, I'm going to suggest that he's one of the more likely players that we have in the possible category uh, to make it onto the team, or he has been on the team, so make it back onto the team, I should more accurately say. He did play as a left midfielder, a more defensive role, uh, left midfielder uh, once, but he's coded as an attacking midfielder and uh, really has played all over the field for uh, Portugal. Uh, Rafa Silva is an interesting case. So. Um, he uh, last appeared on the team um, on the bench in September 2021 um, and then wasn't selected after that. Um, but he looked like he might be a candidate, but he announced his retirement from the national team in September 2022. So that must have been very recently, uh, citing personal reasons um, for leaving the team. So. Um, He's only 28 years old, 
and uh, was with the team from 2014 to 2021. And he has 25 caps and, or he had, I should say, 25 caps and zero goals. Uh, zero goals, not that good for an attacking midfielder. And uh, he uh, still is playing club soccer. He's playing for Benfica in Portugal and has done so since 2016. So, uh, yeah, kind of off the team. I won't go into too much detail. Uh, on the roster for the 2014 World Cup, but didn't see any action. And part of the team for the Euro 2016 and uh, Euro 2020. I don't have anything on him for the uh, 2018. So either my files were lacking or... He uh, wasn't part of it. Uh, I'll have to check into that. But anyway, uh, Rafa Silva then uh, somewhat surprisingly uh, off the team having announced his retirement. So uh, those are the two candidates as uh, central attacking midfielders. And uh, however, I'll just finish with a summary of the position because uh, it really wasn't either of these players. So uh, in the 4-3-3 formation, uh, it was generally a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder in the center of the midfield, not really an attacking midfielder. In the other formations, though, it was usually Bruno Fernandes in the cup, in the Euro Cup, uh, with William Carvalho stepping up when it was a pair of attacking midfielders, such as in the 4-1-4-1 formation. And uh, Bernardo Silva also played the role of central attacking midfielder uh, one time. Okay, uh, let's move on to left attacking midfielder. So again, a position used quite a bit because they favor the 4-3-3 formation. So these would be um, uh, really uh, left and right forwards uh, in that formation. So... Um, Actually, we don't have any candidates uh, in this position because I think we've covered them all already. Um, for the left attacking midfielder, it was the left wingers who covered the role. So we met them uh, with uh, left wingers Diego Jota and um, also the forwards Andre Silva and Cristiano Ronaldo each moved over once. Uh, in World Cup qualifying into this role. Uh, in the Nations League, it was Diogo Jota and Rafael Liao, uh, each playing uh, the right forward position twice. So uh, again, the position covered by players coded as left wingers for the most part. Uh, on the right attacking midfielder side, we do have a couple of candidates to introduce. So... Um, Although he's coded as a right midfielder, we moved him to right attacking midfielder, and that's Goncalo Guides, and also Otavio, same situation, coded as a right midfielder, but uh, covered as a right attacking midfielder here. So Goncalo Guides started four of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for five and on the bench for three, and not selected for just one match uh, there. So Goncalo Guidas has been with Portugal since 2015 and has 32 caps and seven goals. He's still just uh, 25 years old though, no, 26, sorry. And um, yet another player who's playing for Wolverhampton Wanderers in England. He, re he recently moved there though. 
uh, just in 2022. And uh, he was playing with uh, Valencia in Spain for four years before that and had a short time in Paris Saint-Germain too, uh, although he seems to have been loaned out for his whole time there to Valencia. Prior to that, he was with Benfica from 2014 to 17, uh, and that was his youth club as well. Uh, Goncalo Guidas didn't make the team for the Euro 2016 or the 2017 Confederation Cup, even though he got his first cap before both of those. However, he was a starter in the uh, 2018 World Cup, uh, except for Game 3, where he was subbed in uh, very late. And uh, he didn't get any goals in that 2018 World Cup. By the uh, 2020 Euro Cup, uh, he was not a starter. He was on the roster, but saw no action. And um, um, he did score two of the goals in qualifying for Euro 2020. Uh, so, Goncalo Guidas, uh, currently a likely candidate. Otavio, similarly, a likely candidate, got his first appearance on the bench in September 2021, so just after the Euro Cup, and started six of their remaining 13 games, uh, subbed in for one and on the bench for one, but not selected for four games. And Otavio plays... Uh, Otavio has played with Portugal since 2021, uh, even though he is 27 years old, uh, and he only has seven caps and two goals, so a bit of a struggle to uh, make it onto the squad. Actually, um, he was born in Brazil and did play his youth uh, uh, clubs in Brazil as well as his first senior club, which was Internacional, uh, but is now playing for Portugal. Uh, after he moved over from Brazil in 2014, uh, he played for Porto, uh, but was loaned out to Vitoria Guimarães uh, in Portugal. So Otavio um, got one of their goals in World Cup qualifying, actually, and that was in the semi-final uh, playoff game at home to Turkey. And uh, he um, is a likely candidate here. Okay, so let's summarize the position of right attacking midfielder again. In the 4-3-3, it's used quite a bit. And um, we saw Bernardo Silva uh, uh, playing as the right winger in the few times that they use that position. And so he also played in this position uh, in the Euro Cup and about half the time in World Cup qualifying. Uh, and then a few other players were used in World Cup qualifying. Rafa Silva. Goncarlo Guides and Otavia, who we met here, each starting once uh, in World Cup qualifying as, as Bernardo Silva was playing in other positions. Uh, in the friendlies, it was Guides and Otavia, uh, but in the Nations League, it was just Otavia uh, kind of taking over the position. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to retain it in the uh, September games. For secondary strikers, we do have one candidate at the possible level, and that is uh, Jao Felix. So, coded as a secondary striker, Jao Felix didn't start any of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but he was subbed in before, uh, although he was out with two separate injuries for seven games, uh, including the last four matches. 
so for those June games, he was out with a muscle injury, but he has been back in action with his squad uh, in September. And his squad is Atletico Madrid, but wait, I should do his uh, Portugal career or stats first. Uh, Jao Felix has been with Portugal since 2019 and there's 23 caps and three goals. And he is uh, 23 years old. Uh, so Jao Felix plays for Atletico Madrid in Spain, as I mentioned, since 2019. And was with Benfica before that, Benfica being his uh, youth club and his first uh, senior club. But actually he spent more time with uh, Porto's youth club just the last three years uh, spent with Benfica's youth club, uh, whereas he spent uh, seven years with uh, Porto's youth club from 2008 to 15. Okay, so uh, no real summary of the secondary striker position. I suppose if he comes onto the field, it's it's uh, more in an it uh, some kind of attacking midfielder role or possibly as a forward. But since he didn't start any games, uh, we don't really know. But probably subbing in, um, uh, subbing in for forwards or attacking midfielders. And speaking of forwards, we move on to the available forwards or the candidate. And here we have uh, Cristiano Ronaldo as a definite candidate and Andre Silver also as a definite candidate. And believe it or not, that's all we have uh, for players coded as forwards. So uh, not much need to introduce Cristiano Ronaldo. If you haven't heard of him, then you must be brand new to soccer um, so Cristiano Ronaldo, very famous. I'll just go over the main details here because uh, I could tell 45 minutes worth of information for this player. Uh, no, I'll cover his recent history though because uh, he has started nine of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, he was subbed in for one and suspended for one and rested for one and not selected for one other. So. Anyway, still a fairly regular uh, um, starter for uh, Portugal. And uh, he has been with Portugal since 20, 2003, I should say, and has a staggering 191 caps and an equally more staggering, equally more, a more staggering 117 goals uh, for Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, still seems very fit at 37 years old but yeah i mean uh must be coming to the end of his career uh sometime soon he's the captain of portugal now and he's in his second stint with manchester united uh in england since 2021 having played in juventus and uh juventus for three years and real madrid for nine years uh before that and he was his first stint with Manchester United uh, was uh, from 2003 to 2009. He's actually a product of the Sporting Lisbon Youth Academy and spent his first couple of years uh, uh, with their senior team. So way back in 2004 Euro Cup, he was uh, new to the scene and was just a substitute in that cup, if you can believe. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo being a substitute uh, but that only lasted two games and then he became a starter 
and from that time forward was a starter uh, in all tournaments. So 20, uh, 2006, 2010, 2014, 2018 World Cups, and then every Euro Cup in between. Um, named to the team of the tournament several times. Golden Boot player, scored goals. What can I say about Cristiano Ronaldo? Just an amazing player and uh, still amazing at 37 years old. Uh, 37 years old? Yes, 37 years old. Uh, so, yes, it would be shocking to uh, not see him in the cup. Uh, even though he seems to be uh, in a bit of dispute with Man United uh, at the current time. And uh, controversy we can add to the, the list of his uh, resume. Let's move on to Andre Silva. Andre Silva started seven of their 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, and he was subbed in for two and on the bench for four. So Andre Silva has been with Portugal since 2016 and has 51 caps and a healthy 19 goals and is 27 years old. So Andre Silva plays for Leipzig in Germany since 2021 with Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany before that. From 2017 to 20, he was uh, with uh, AC Milan, uh, but he was loaned out to uh, Eintracht Frankfurt as well as uh, Sevilla during his spell with AC Milan. Prior to that, he was with Porto, and that's kind of the club he uh, emerged from uh, in Portugal, uh, playing three years, um, uh, basically the last three years of his youth career with them and the first two years of his senior career. So uh, Andre Silver, uh, his first tournament was the 2017 Confederations Cup. He subbed into game on there and gained a starting position uh, for the remaining games. Uh, he did miss a penalty, actually, against Mexico in that tournament. And um, for the 2018 World Cup, Andre Silva was subbed into games one and three, as, uh, uh, sorry, was subbed into uh, two of the games, at least, and uh, didn't score any of their goals, despite having scored nine of their 32 goals in qualifying uh, there. For the Euro 2020, though, Andre Silva was just a substitute uh, coming into three of their games. And um, uh, recently, he scored one of their 22 goals in World Cup qualifying. Uh, so Andre Silva, uh, the second forward uh, we have on the list here, and like Cristiano Ronaldo, a definite candidate. Uh, but that's it. That's all we have for forwards. So... That brings us to the end of our player-by-player -player, uh, discussion, and we move on to a discussion of the squad. Um, before we do that, I should talk about my uh, shirt. You may have noticed, YouTube watchers, that it's not quite a Portugal shirt. And once again, I confess to the poverty of my shirts, but I have at least tried to, uh, tried to uh, color match uh, as I have to do with so many teams, that's as good as I can do. But uh, I promise to uh, work on my shirt collection after this World Cup. And um, hey, you know, maybe some Portuguese fan could, uh, you know, kind of throw a shirt my way. Maybe one that uh, a player wore on the field. Okay, I'll move on. Uh, 
Let's talk about a few notes. So we'll kind of go back to the notes that we had at the top of the podcast in the takeaways section, takeaways from our uh, previous podcast. So I won't repeat uh, the stuff on the, that's kind of focused on the team. Uh, just briefly, I'll say we talked about the what and the how. And what we meant by that was the what is their results in tournament, which are uh, quite good. Uh, but the how is a bit less convincing because uh, they tend to not win group stages or group qualification stages uh, and have a, have a few uh, kind of shudders along the way. So not as convincing in, in qualification or in, in a close analysis as uh, they are or they seem to be in a kind of a superficial overview of their final results. Uh, finally, we uh, or oh, sorry, we also pointed out that uh, the friendlies, two friendlies they played against Qatar were experimental. But we also noted that uh, maybe it was the start of our third point, uh, moving to a rotation system. So, uh, as we've seen with actually many teams in the previews to these cups, uh, the previews to these teams in the cup, there seems to be a bit of a trend going on with uh, teams using a rotation system of two players uh, in several positions, rather than the traditional format of having kind of a starter and a backup. So we saw this very clearly in a couple of positions for Portugal, where it used to be a starter and a backup, and now seems to be an alternating position between two players. So that makes it a bit difficult to predict starters, and we've had to start uh, using a different color coding of yellow to denote players who, uh, you know, they're not the clear starter, but they will probably get some starts. And we also use yellow uh, for two players that seem to alternate starts. So rotation, kind of a, a thing in this 2022 World Cup. The other point we want to talk about was this, is this the end of a generation? We have seen, and we will see more clearly shortly, uh, that a lot of the players in this generation are getting older. Um, around the turn of the century, Portugal's performance uh, record picked up uh, with what was called the golden generation, kind of led by Luis Figo. Uh, and that took them from a team who often didn't qualify for Cups to, ones, uh, to a team that regularly qualified and actually regularly uh, passed the group stage, so uh, uh, sometimes among the top teams in Europe. And we also noted that they had done well to replace that generation in what I call the Cristiano Ronaldo generation, and they remained at that high standard of uh, reaching cups and passing group stages for the most part. Now, that generation, the Ronaldo generation, is coming to an end. And uh, it's not just him, but a few players uh, alongside of him, which we'll talk about soon. And uh, the, quest the question is, are they aging out? Does this mean uh, Portugal will go back to being a fairly, uh, well, second tier, let's say, team uh, in Europe? Or are they uh, producing enough players that they can kind of keep this going and maybe even argue to becoming kind of permanently a top team in Europe? Well, we will see that they've done better than most. We have a few teams 
uh, in this World Cup who, after the World Cup, we're a bit worried about because we know there's going to be a swath of their star players retiring. Uh, but when we look at club affiliations below, we'll see that uh, Portugal was uh, uh, was and continues to be regenerating uh, quite nicely. And we'll leave it at that for now and move on to club affiliations. So this kind of demonstrates the point because their club affiliations are quite uh, impressive. Uh, so we've seen a lot of players with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, Nuno Mendes and Danilo and uh, other players who have been there in the past. Uh, Vitinha, who is just a possible candidate here, and Renato Sanchez also with uh, Paris Saint-Germain and other top uh, top teams in, in uh, England, for example, a couple of Manchester City players. We have... Um, uh barcelona i thought we had represented uh atletico madrid um and then uh i should mention a couple of, uh, and of course top teams in uh, portugal too uh porto uh benfica and uh, sporting lisbon too we have borussia dortmund in germany uh also and uh, as um italian teams uh, actually, yeah, AC Milan in Italia, uh, in Italy, Rafael Liao uh, with AC Milan. And we've had, if there's not a lot of players now in Italy, there uh, are players who have played for top clubs there before, uh, Rua Patricio's with Roma. But uh, interestingly, uh, in addition to some top clubs in England like Manchester City and Man United, we also kind of have a, a gathering of Portuguese at Wolverhampton in England. So currently, uh, I'm counting one, uh, two, three, four, five players, uh, six players with Wolverhampton right now. And there's also players like Rio Patricio who have played with them in the past. Uh, one of them even with uh, Wolverhampton's uh, youth club. So uh, kind of a little Portugal there uh, in England, a gathering place. So impressive club affiliations uh, for Portugal suggest that they are uh, doing a good job renewing. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some statistics. So um I have been working on a few statistics. Excuse me, I, I just have to take a drink. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, the first statistic we look at is how many players they have on the slate. And um, Portugal has uh, 42 players who have played for the team since 2021. And that compares with an average of 49. So Portugal dealing with a smaller group of players uh, to select from. But as we've seen, it's a pretty impressive group of players. And uh, even even the way it is, they'll probably have to cut some players that many teams would uh, would bring to the cup. You know, uh, we've seen that uh, some of their players with top clubs, even Ruben Diaz with Manchester City, uh, despite that good club affiliation, uh, has difficulty getting onto the club as a starter, at least, uh, onto Portugal. So uh, they're very rich in terms of players, despite having less than average 
in their total pool of players. Uh, and then as far as the um, the serious candidates, those that we coded as definite, likely, or possible, uh, it's 35. Uh, the average is 33, so not really much to talk about there. It's pretty uh, average number. And the number of uh, definite or likely candidates is 23. Uh, which is slightly higher than the average of 21.5, uh, suggesting that um, uh, they've pretty much chosen their squad. Uh, we've pretty much seen what their squad is going to be like. There may be a couple of injuries, uh, players going out. There may be a couple of players in good form coming in. But even uh, the way it is, since they got to bring 26 players to the club, it'll probably just be three or, you know, four or so of the possible players that we talked about in the player-by-player -player podcast. Only three or four of them will, will actually make the final squad. So uh, the squad pretty much decided for Portugal. In terms of age, uh, they are one of the oldest squads with an average age of 27.4. And the overall average for the teams that we've done is actually quite high, uh, 26.9. So the players in this World Cup, I think a bit older on average than previous World Cup. Uh, but uh, Portugal is still one of the oldest among them. And part of the reason for that is uh, they have some, some, you know, very senior players. Uh, Pepe is 39 years old. Jose Fonte, 38. Cristiano Ronaldo, 37, and Giao Moutinho, 36. Most squads only have maybe one player uh, anywhere uh, of that age, if they have any at all. Um, uh, but Portugal has those four players. However, overall, they only have seven players who are 30 or above. So most of their players are in their uh, mid to late 20s. And if we go to the bottom of the uh, scale, we have um, eight players who are 23 or younger. So that kind of balances out the um, uh, the scale a little bit, but uh, tends to be on the older side. And uh, not a bad thing at all, because it gives them great experience. Uh, their average number of caps among these players is 40.2. Uh, and that is extremely high, maybe the highest among all teams uh no uh belgium has more caps per player but only belgium is higher and wait no qatar is higher the average anyway is 29.9 so they're 25 percent higher than other teams so a very experienced squad also a squad that has uh, a lot of goals amongst them and this one really is by far the highest uh 220 goals among these players and the average is 131. And in terms of goals per uh, cap, uh, total goals per player, it's not per player, it's per cap. Uh, there, uh, so I've come up with this statistic that, that just kind of measures this. And they are 16.2%. Uh, the average is 13.6%. Uh, so they're significantly higher. Uh, and one of the highest... Uh, uh, one of the highest. So I'll just tell you, Argentina and uh, Germany are both 17.5%. And then the uh, next team is France with 16.8%. And you'll never guess who is fourth. 
I'll give you a moment to think about it. Poland, not a team I really think of as a high-scoring team, but uh, they're fourth and Portugal is just behind them. So no problem for uh, Portugal getting goals, and they get them all over the field uh, uh, as well. So I'll just go over some stats for goals before we move on, and that is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with a staggering 61%. That means he scores a goal every two out of three games. And there, I, I would dare say there's very few players, if any, uh, at that ratio. And they also have Andre Silver at 37% and Diogo Jota at uh, 34%. And those are really good numbers. And defender Diego Dallo is 33%, but it's, it's two goals in six games. So we don't really take the number seriously unless they have more than 20 games uh, under their belt. Uh, Goncalo Guides uh, has seven goals in 32 games. That's pretty respectable uh, at 22%. And then several players in the high teens. So overall, uh, a good scoring team, Portugal, and uh, players from all over the field uh, putting the ball in the net for them. All right, next we're going to move on to uh, players and issues to watch. Starting in the defense with the goalkeeper position. So uh, Patricio Rui and Diogo Costa. Um, this is one of several pairings where we see a move from a kind of starter with a backup uh, to a rotation system in uh, the Nations League game. So initially it was kind of Patricio Rui and then uh, the secondary keeper who would only get on if uh, Rui was injured or something like that. Now uh, in the Nations League games in June, we saw them kind of rotating. So each of them played two, two games. Will that be the way it is in the Cup 2? And as mentioned, uh, there are several positions where that's the case. The next issue, though, is uh, is there room for Ruben Diaz? So in central defense, we have um, Pepe and we have the defensive midfielder uh, Danilo uh, kind of drafted in, and that's the central pairing. But uh, Ruben Diaz plays for Manchester City. Hard to believe that a, a player of a club of that stature um, is uh, uh, kind of uh, being a, a substitute. So uh, will the Manchester City player get a sniff of starting in the uh, right defense, we have uh, Rafael Guerrero. Sorry, left defense, Rafael Guerrero and Nuno Mendes. Kind of a similar situation uh, of uh, starter and backup switching to a rotation. So I'm expecting uh, uh, both of those to get at least one start. Uh, on the right side, though, Jao uh, Cancelo seems, uh, by contrast, to be the uh, to be the definite starter there. Um, ultimately replacing Nelson Semedo, who predominated in the cup, although uh, that might have been because Joe Cancelo was injured. Uh, sorry, was out with coronavirus for the cup. Uh, in the midfield, um, one of the considerations is the formation changes. So uh, the formation changes makes it a bit hard to pin down the midfield position. Uh, the 4-3-3 formation seems to have emerged as the favoured formation. Uh, but that makes it a bewildering number of candidates uh, rotating through those three midfielder 
positions. So uh, a nice problem to have, uh, in a sense, it's a problem of having too much talent, uh, too many good players to fill just uh, three positions. So I wonder what they're going to do in the cup with all that talent. On the attack, a similar situation uh, with Diogo Jota and Rafael uh, Liao as left attacker. Is one of them going to be a starter or are they going to rotate as they did towards the end of the period we're talking about in the uh, June Nations League games? Uh, on the right, uh, similarly, is it uh, Gon uh, Goncalo Guides or Octavio? It looked like Gon uh, Goncalo Guides was the main player. But then Octavia came in and played all the Nations League games. So is it going to be one or the other or a rotation of both? And uh, even up top, um, with Ronaldo and Andre Silver, uh, Ronaldo was certainly the starter in the cup. But as the period wore on, Silva, uh, Silva increasingly rotated in. And by the time Nations League came around, it was two games for each of them there as well let's move on to some new players that have joined the club uh, uh joined the um national team and i'm going to limit the discussion here to players that we uh, coded as uh definite or likely because uh, otherwise it becomes a bit unwieldy but um a new player diogo costa uh in goal seems to have become the uh, backup keeper if not a rotating starter and he's just 23 years old, uh, plays for Porto in Spain. And even though he joined the team in 2021, it uh, seems to have moved into, uh, uh, become kind of a key player there. Um, we have central midfielder uh, Matthias Nunes. So uh, he only started two of their 10 games, but we consider him likely because he was subbed in for six uh, besides. He plays for Wolverhampton in England, as do so many uh, of the Portuguese players, and he is 24 years old, uh, never played in a tournament. Uh, Rafael uh, Liao, we just looked at him as a left winger, possibly a starter, maybe a rotating starter. He's just 23 years old and plays for AC Milan in Italy, so a pretty good club affiliation there. Uh, he has been with Portugal since 2021, but already has 11 caps. So it looks like he's making good inroads into the teams. Uh, unlike actually some other teams where a lot of the new players are kind of just at the possible level and haven't been used that much. But these players have really made inroads into the team. Finally, we have right midfielder Otavio. Uh, so he started six of their remaining 13 games after his first one in September 2021. Uh, he's not as young as the others, 27 years old, but he did get his first cap in 2021. And he, like Diogo Costa, of the, the goalkeeper at the top, uh, plays for Porto in Portugal. Uh, looks, look, let's look at some of the injuries. So uh, Nelson Tomato. Uh, was injured for the June matches, but as we noted in the player-by-player -player podcast, is back uh, playing with his club uh, by August 2022. So uh, not really an issue there. And uh, we also have uh, Diogo Jota, who looked like he would be, uh, you know, was a bit touch and go at the beginning of the season. Uh, he was out with a hamstring injury in August, but he came back in early September and uh, he seems uh, okay now. 
And finally, we have um, uh, Jao Felix. And uh, Jao Felix was a possible candidate out with a muscle injury for the June games, but was back in action with his squad in September. So really, uh, no injuries to worry about so far. And uh, uh, among these players, only one of them, Diogo Jota, is at the likely level or higher. So one gets the feeling they could afford to lose Nelson Semedo and Jao Felix uh, without too much damage to the team. Finally, let's look at notable absences. So we have goalkeeper uh, Anthony Lopez. Uh, never really um, was a starter uh, or anything like that, but he was a backup keeper in Euro 2016 and 20 and also in the World Cup 2018, but now seems to have uh, made way for uh, other players like Diogo Jota, who we just saw. Rafa Silva, kind of an interesting absence there. He looked like... Um, he, the 28-year-old was uh, uh, continuing with the team, having played in the 2020 Euro Cup. And after, uh, he last appeared on the bench shortly after the Euro Cup in September 2021. Uh, I sense, um, well, he wasn't called up after that and uh, in September 22 uh, announced, his resi uh, announced his retirement from the team for personal reasons. So still has a couple of years left in him, but has announced uh, his retirement. So it's not a consideration for this cup. Bruno Alves is a central defender. Um, he last appeared in the 2018 World Cup. He was just on the roster there. Uh, you know, his prime years were around the 2010 and 2014 uh, World Cup, but he hung up his boots uh, um for the uh, national team after the, uh, well, 2018. I don't know if he announced his retirement, but uh, his last appearance was in that World Cup and he hung up his boots in uh, 2022 uh, as a club player also. Ricardo Caresma, uh, also missing. He was, he was off the team by the time the Euro 2021 uh, came around. He was just a sub in the 2018 uh, World Cup and, and never much more than a substitute, but he did have uh, 80 caps for the national team and uh, uh, was uh, at least on the bench for the 2018 World Cup. So a familiar name that we won't see at the World Cup. And, and that's it for uh, notable absences. So we'll finish the podcast with uh, the players who we predict are going to start. And uh, we start with Fernando Santos. So he's been there manager since 2016 and it would be a, a bit late to uh, get rid of him now so we're gonna call him a starter the starting manager and um, maybe i'll name the definite unlikely and any significant uh, possible candidates before uh, for our podcast listeners before uh, talking about the starters so uh, for goalkeeper as a definite we have rio petruccio and diogo costa both definite and possible uh, jose sa and rui silver so probably one of those two making the third string keeper and in this case um you know if there is to be a starter i would say it's uh, patricio rui um but i really think it's going to be a rotation uh with diogo costa maybe not starting as much but I think he will get a start in the cup, even if it's more than a, a kind of a B-team game there. Uh, for central defenders, um, uh, Pepe and Danilo, uh, Danilo Pereira 
have been a, a kind of a steady pairing, uh, kind of leaving Ruben Diaz a bit on the outside. So Pepe and Danilo are definite candidates. Ruben Diaz is a likely candidate. And we have uh, four possible candidates, uh, Domingo Stuarte, uh, Jose Fonte, Tiago Diallo, and David Carmo. Um, I would imagine maybe one of them. Usually they bring about five central defenders to the cup. Um, but uh, it seems like Ruben Diaz is going to be uh, kind of a substitute unless someone gets injured. And maybe uh, two of the possible candidates there. But again, um, uh, Danilo Pereira is actually coded as a midfielder. Um, left back, we have Nuno Mendes as a definite and Rafael uh, Guerrero as a likely. And I kind of think they're going to be uh, rotating. Uh, Guerrero has kind of been in the position primarily, but Nuno Mendes has made inroads. And um, there's not enough evidence to suggest which one would be a starter. Uh, not so on the right side, though. Right back, Jao Cancelo. Um, was out with coronavirus for Euro 2020, but is back now and seems to have a firm hold on the right-back position. The likely candidate is Diogo Dallo, and kind of the outgoing uh, uh, candidate is Nelson Semedo. So we think it's possible he makes the squad, but um, um, maybe not. Um, but Jao Cancelo with uh, Diogo Dallo kind of uh, in a backup role there on the bench. In the midfield, they generally went with a 4-3-3 formation, but they did use a couple of other formations and won't necessarily stick to that. Uh, but generally, it is one central defender. It's very hard to tell, though, because it could be uh, any one of a number of players. So perhaps uh, better if we do um, all of these players together. So defensive midfielders, we have uh, Ruben Neves and Jao Paulina as uh, likely, but likely to uh, make it on the squad. Uh, central midfielders, we have William Carvalho and Matt Matthias Nunes uh, as um, likely candidates with uh, Renato Sanchez and uh, Vitinha as possible candidates. Um, I can't really see, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them started, but I don't see anyone jumping out at me uh, as a starter. So. Uh, it could be any one of them or maybe a bit of a combination or maybe none at all because uh, uh, another confusing thing about the midfield is they move around uh, quite a bit. So uh, we created a category of versatile midfielders for those who move around uh, a lot. And for definite candidate, we have Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silver. And as a likely candidate, João Moutinho. Uh, I think actually Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva will start uh, without um, necessarily predicting where they'll start. It could be anywhere. And I think Jao Moutinho has uh, a good chance of starting also. Uh, but I'm going to put him as a yellow in that he will start some games, not necessarily all of them. But uh, I'm not even willing to put uh, yellow on any of the defensive or central midfielders because uh, I just can't uh, tell which... Uh, which it'll be. So uh, let's move on. Left midfielders and right midfielders uh, will probably be a selection of these uh, defensive central and versatile midfielders that we've talked about. 
Um, on the left wing, I think uh, Diogo Jota and Rafael uh, Liao, Rafael Liao will share starts. So I don't see anyone as a single starter. Uh, and on the right wing, uh, oh, okay, but uh, Diogo Jota and Rafael Liao uh, really sharing starts as left attacking midfielders, left wingers, or left forwards, depending on the formation they use. But I think um, uh, they will rotate basically in that uh, upper left quadrant of the field. Um, the next candidates I see as possible starters are in the uh, attacking midfielder uh, role. And um, yeah, again, I think if we go back to the versatile midfielders, Bruno Fernandes and Bernardo Silva, I think they're more likely to play a central attacking midfielder. And I don't see any of the candidates we have listed here as, uh, uh, you know, starters. However, on the right attacking midfield side, I think it's going to be like the left with uh, likely candidates Goncalo Guides and Otavio uh, sharing the, the starting role. So I can't pick out a definite starter there. Maybe Otavio has the edge having started all the Nations League games in June. Joe Felix, a possible secondary striker, uh, would be more of a substitute. And... Um, Forwards, uh, we only have two definite candidates, Cristiano Ronaldo and Andre Silva. Andre Silva has been coming more and more into it, not necessarily playing as a centre forward, but uh, perhaps uh, part of a two-forward line with Cristiano Ronaldo. Or we've seen both of them kind of playing as the left attacking midfielder. So uh, I'm going to say for uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, put him in a, as a definite starter. And Andre Silver, I'm tempted to do the same, but uh, just to be cautious, I'll put him as a sometime starter. Okay, well, um, I'm sure there will be a few surprises when the starting lineups come out, so I don't uh, do that with any uh, supreme confidence, but that is um, kind of a glance. And we'll update that in the podcast, uh, in the update podcast. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. And I'll just uh, make the picture uh, a bit smaller for our YouTube viewers. And keep in mind, we will be doing that update podcast uh, uh, and including new information that comes out, the September games, any friendlies we play, and um, uh, the preliminary and final rosters. So we'll probably do the podcast after the final rosters are released. Meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the show notes, which I've uh, been working on, uh, with lots of notes and links to help guide you through the uh, series that we've done. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you again in our next media cast. Bye-bye. Thank you.